I'm going to talk about something quite simple today, um, but really powerful that God's been kind of putting on my heart for a little while, um, which is really fun. And actually, as in true sort of God style, it was some stuff that kind of came up in the worship about, um, about how living as children of God and not being slaves to fear, but being completely free. And um, I'm going to talk something, again, that's simple but powerful, but it's really the way that God's kingdom works and also part of how we shift culture um, and impact the nation. Um, and the title, for those of you who like titles, it's Encouragement That Shapes Culture and Removes Fear. So I, I'm going to be talking about encouragement today. Um, and it is something that I really like talking about. If anyone's done the school, I head up um, the second year part of our supernatural school, and um, I talk about it a lot in there. If I also run a business called Supernaturally Healthy, and I talk a lot about encouragement there all the time, and generally just try and encourage people as much as possible. And um, and when I was preparing for today and I was just asking God what he wanted to do and say with us in our, this kind of family time that we have, um, he just said to me, um, I don't want people to be stuck in fear. Encouragement shifts you from a place of fear, of focusing on what isn't and what is impossible, into what is possible and into who God is in you. So as you're sitting here, if you've ever struggled with fear, which I'm sure, you know, maybe one or two of you have, um, then there's just a real expectation and sense that God's just going to shift something um, as I talk today. Um, and also, I am I'm a very practical and slightly overactive kind of person, so there's also going to be some movement and activities required, but I will explain more about that as we get to them. Um, so... This whole idea of encouragement impacting how much fear we do or don't have in our lives. Um, I have a history um, of lots of anxiety and fear and depression and just not very nice things. And I, I remember listening to things, um, you know, at Bible weeks or on Sundays, or whatever, about, you know, we are free from fear. We're not uh, we're no longer slaves to fear. We're children of God and being like, okay, I'll memorize that verse and right, I should maybe like go and tr talk to people in the streets and one of these outreach things, but just feeling, to be honest, a bit terrified and thinking, oh, maybe I need to, maybe there's certain things and strategies I can do to get less scared. So I could memorize Bible verses. I could say declarations. I could get some prayer and all those things are brilliant, but often what I've realized is um, often I would realize that I was anxious or scared about things, and then I would focus on how anxious and scared I was. So what I was meditating on and what I was dwelling on was the fear and on, was the anxiety. And what God's really spoke to me about, he was like, Kezia, you need to actually receive something completely new. You can't, you, often we just focus on maybe the fear that we feel or the anxiety or whatever it is that's going on. And actually what we need is to receive something completely new. And that's what encouragement is. Encouragement is when you get something completely new that just displaces any of the fear and just removes it. You can't get rid of fear by thinking about how to get rid of fear. You get rid of fear and anxiety by receiving something completely new. 
that you've never tasted and seen before. And I think that's the trap I have gotten stuck in in the past of just like, I'll try and work my way out of being scared. Whereas actually God was like, no, no, I just want to give you something new and awesome that is so amazing that will just bosh everything out of the way. Um, and And it's really important that we learn how to create a culture of encouragement because actually I think it was dad was talking a couple of weeks ago about you know at the gates of our destiny or whatever there's going to be our biggest fears actually you know the things that we're called to do and everyone here has an incredible destiny and in before them that God's hand picked and crafted and you all have amazing dreams some of them are like wild and crazy some of them are massive some of them are like tiny dreams some of them are a bit bizarre like I have a dream that at some point I'd really like to train as a chocolatier just because I think that would be fun um I also have a dream that I would really like to levitate under the power of the Holy Spirit I think that would be fun um and but we all have these unique sometimes bizarre but valuable dreams and actually but if we're going to pursue those dreams we need to be fearless And we don't get fearless by just thinking about how to be more fearless because that doesn't get you anywhere. I've tried it and it just doesn't work. It's pointless. Um, And what we need to do actually is we as a community and as a family is to learn how to receive encouragement. Because in Proverbs 28 it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so that's who we are. And actually, we are bold and we are fearless. We just need to learn to live in it more. And if we, and if instead of just focusing on um, the anxiety, we need to, on a regular basis, be receiving something that just shifts our way of thinking. Sorry, <clears throat> our way of thinking. And also, we're family. Like church together isn't about just like singing and doing things. It's actually we're a family together, and we're called to pour into each other's lives. And and what if, as a family, we could be part of ensuring that each and every one of us could live out their dreams and fulfil the full destiny that God has called on our life? What if we could pour into each other's lives and give each other these gifts that strengthen each other and cause each of us to pursue and to, to run after all the dreams within our hearts and that actually we create a culture where fear just isn't around. It's just not here. We, it can't be found anywhere. It just, oh, I don't know. Where did it go? Um, and that's what I get really, really excited about. And that's why I'm talking about encouragement today. Um, encouragement isn't nice it's not some like nicey nice well let's be nice Christians together you know hallelujah Jesus encouragement is powerful and that's what I'm going to talk about and explain that a little bit more this isn't just about oh let's just be lovely together this is about releasing God's kingdom here on earth and it's something that we can all do um, all the time and it moves and sh- encouragement moves and shifts people from a place where the enemy dwells and has reign into God's kingdom of truth and hope. And also, this isn't just for us as well. Obviously, we want to create a culture in this immediate family that's full of hope and truth and encouragement. But actually, we have the. It's for the rest of the world as well. You know, it has the power when you're in your workplace or your um, play groups or whatever it is to shift people into the kingdom of light and into. God's presence and into knowing his likeness before they even know who God is. So if in terms of, um, it says in the Bible that we want to taste and see that he is good. And our job 
isn't necessarily to save people and to see them healed, although we will do that because that's God in us. Our job is to give people a taste that God is good. And some days that will mean you go, can I pray for your leg to grow back? And some days that might mean, oh, I really just want to encourage you in that meeting you led today or that report you wrote for work. It was really, really concise and clear. You know, both are powerful and we, we, we need to release both. And both release God's kingdom. So this isn't just a, let's be all nice and encouragement, nice Christians together. This is also what can impact when you go to your office, when you go to your work, when you're on the bus, whatever it is, when you go to the shop. Um, and it's also a really... Um, easy way of just loving people and releasing love over people. So in terms of what encouragement actually means, you probably already know, but it is basically to inspire with hope, courage, and confidence, and to give support. Um, So basically, encouragement is really, really powerful. But my little sort of caveat for this talk is I am assuming that first and foremost you have heard for yourself the voice of the Father and you've heard his encouragement over you. This isn't um, another thing you need to put on your good Christian tick list of like, oh, read my Bible, memorize scripture, go to church, give money. Oh, now I need to encourage people. Oh, no, I'm not going to remember all that stuff. Like, this is all, this is all about an overflow of love. This isn't a I need to start encouraging people. Oh, this is actually you first need to hear the Father's encouragement over you because he's always encouraging you. I can come to the Father and just feel really crappy and made rubbish choices and he's always got something encouraging to say. Even if I can't find or think of anything encouraging about my life, he always says something. And so this is based first on actually if you... If you've not heard the Father speak and sing words of encouragement over you, and if you're not hearing that regularly, then that's what you need to take away from today, is just be like, I need some encouragement, God. FYI, can you give me some? Just just do that, little shouts. I often will do that in a day. Um, I'm just like, need some encouragement. Feel free to send some my way. I'm, I'm open to receive some. And he, he loves to encourage. It's what he does all the time. He loves to speak words of blessing. Um, so that's the sort of the little caveat of that is actually we need to hear and this is all about this sort of like extravagant overflow of love that just comes out and 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 we but in order for that to happen we consistently need to be hearing God's words and songs and pictures and everything over us so um why is encouragement powerful that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit next and The main thing of why it is powerful is encouragement is a gift. Um, It's a gift that's free. It's relatively easy for us to give. You know, you don't have to like wrap it up with bows and go and find it in a shop, which is good news because I hate shopping. Um, But it's actually a gift that we get to give to others. And because I am very practically minded and I also like to have fun, Um, I've got a really fun kind of prophetic declaration for us all to do just now, which is going to involve you, if you are able, to stand. And we are going to have a game of corporate Hope Church Pass the Parcel. So I want you all to stand up, and then I think, Joe, have you given out parcels? So we're going to be, so if you've got a parcel in your hand, if you want to raise your hand up, if you have a parcel... So we're going to be in, there's six different sections, four, six, 
So there's six different sections. So, um, Joe, can you mark out where each section ends? So if... So what we're going to do is the person... So we've got an example here. David is going to start, and we're going to do... I'm assuming you've all played Pass the Parcel. If you haven't, it's a game where you pass this parcel, and when the music stops, you take off one layer. No cheating. One layer. I've been at some very vicious kids' parties, and one layer. And then you, maybe you might find something in the layer. You never know. And then when the music starts again, you pass it on, and then somebody at the end will get the prize in the middle, which is always very exciting. And is always, this game is always hilarious to play when you play it with little kids because they're all like totally fixed on this thing. <laughs> ah, wasn't that fun? I love Pass the Parcel. I really do. Even as an adult, um, my nephew's birthday was like just before Christmas and my sister had just given birth. So she kind of handed over all party preparations to me. And I was like, this is amazing. But I was quite shocked at how, um, how competitive small children take past the parcel. I was like, wow, there is tantrums going on here. Um, but so who enjoyed doing that? Raise your hands. Who wanted to win the prize? Yes. Yeah, see? When I was wrapping them, I also wanted to win all the prizes, but, you know. And then um, the reason for doing that is partly because it's fun, and I sometimes think you don't need to have any excuses to have fun. Um, I think that's really powerful. God's kingdom is fun. I imagine there's supernatural versions of past the parcel that are going to happen in heaven, which I'm pretty excited for myself. Um, but there's also a couple of things. I wanted to really... Often I learn best by doing more than hearing, so it's, it's, I like to attach actions to words that I'm hearing. But I wanted to really talk about how encouragement is a gift, and we really like to receive gifts most of the time. I assume most of you liked either getting the little prize in the layers or were quite excited when you won the big prize, because we like to get gifts. Don't we? Gifts are fun, and there's a real joy in gifts, in getting them. That's why parties are fun, that's why party games are fun, that's why birthdays are fun. Um, but there's also something, gifts go a bit deeper as well, and um, giving gifts also impacts those around us. So we were all playing that game there, and it was like, oh, who's going to win the prize? Oh, you did it. There was a sense of kind of um, togetherness within that. Also, gifts really build into your life as well, which is really, really fun. So this Christmas, um, my husband Joe bought me the best present ever, and it was a mini trampoline. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like, I think they're mainly made for people that maybe have joint problems and so can't run anymore, but they're just like really tiny trampolines, and you just bounce on them in your house. Um, and I thought about bringing it in today, but then I thought I would just get distracted and bounce while I preach and forget about what I was going to say. But anyway, so I got this present on Christmas Day. So on Christmas Day, obviously, I was bouncing away like, whoa, this is brilliant. I love bouncing. And I do think if I ever become a millionaire, I will buy the church many, many trampolines because it's just, it's just so much fun. Like in worship, you can just have a section where everyone's just... Just bouncing, honestly. And it, it's improved my prayer life. It's, it's brilliant because you're just like, wow, I'm bouncing. This is great. Anyway, but I got this present on Christmas Day. But since then, I've used it pretty much nearly every day or every second day since then. So it's become a part of my life. It's been built into my life. Like I have a trampoline that lives in my cupboard or in the living room. And I use it quite a lot. Sometimes Joe uses it. Sometimes my nephews use it. People, you know, it's, it's now a part of um, the fabric of my life. And actually, when we give gifts, 
Um, even even it becomes it gets built into our lives and it gets and and it becomes far, part of the fabric of it. Um, and it's really, really powerful, that giving gifts. And also gifts, if you've ever done love languages stuff, you know, that guy that's, what's your five long languages? Gifts are often a structure by which love is delivered to people as well. So Joe bought me a trampoline because he loved me. Actually, I'd asked for a trampoline before, and he was like, no, this is going to be a waste of space. This is going to be another one of your... I'm, re- I'm, I'm a health coach, so I'm really into health things, but I do sometimes maybe have like little phases with things and then maybe move on. So potentially, maybe, I will admit to that. And so I think Joe was perhaps scared that the trampoline was just going to become another large piece of cluttering furniture. Um, but and it, but it, has, it, it becomes kind of part of our life and there's real um, love that is communicated when we give gifts. And in t- terms of talking back to the Bible, um, I was chatting to Joe about this week as I was preparing, and he had a really, really good insight into um, Genesis 27. So Isaac is about to die, and he has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and the eldest is Esau, and so you bless the eldest one, and you give them all your stuff, and then that's really good from what I can gather. And um, But um, Jacob's mum is like, his um, Isaac's wife loves Jacob more. Anyway, I don't know what's going on there. But she says, you should sneak in, pretend to be Esau to get this blessing. So um, Jacob dresses up, pretends to be Esau, and goes to his father, and his father blesses him. And his father says this over him. He says, see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you, um, so he's talking to Jacob now, who's dressed up pretending to be Esau. It's like an episode of Hollyoaks. Anyway, um, May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And when me and Joe were talking about this, I realized I've always been puzzled by this story because... um, Isaac gives this blessing to Jacob, who's dressed up as Esau, and then Esau comes back, like in true sort of EastEnders style, like, oh my goodness, you've taken my blessing, how could you do that? I'd gone out and killed some animal and cooked it, and you were going to bless me. And I was, I've always wondered why Isaac didn't just go, oops, sorry, oh well, come, come now, I'll bless you now. Like, why didn't he just go, whoops, yep, wrong son, I'll come here. Esau, I'll bless you. But it's because he couldn't. He, both Esau, Isaac, and Jacob knew that he had released something so powerful over Jacob's life that it couldn't be undone. They all knew that. That's why there wasn't a, oh, just, oops, do it again. (laughs) Like, just, we'll have another meal and do it. Actually, there was something powerful in the words that Isaac had spoken over um, over, um, Jacob dressed up as Esau that couldn't couldn't be undone. And, and, and you see that if you carry on reading through Genesis and you read more about um, what happens to Jacob and Esau and the rest of Jacob's life, actually everything that his father blessed him with, so the words that Isaac spoke over his life came into being. Because what Isaac had done, he had spoken something into his life that built into his life. He'd given him this gift that kept on giving and kept on being built into his life. And there's something so powerful um, and that God, and this story really showed me that God has always intended our words and our blessings and our encouragement to be incredibly powerful. 
incredibly powerful. They build into the lives. They build into the cities and into the destinies of everything around us. And it also talks about in Proverbs 11, verse 11, it says, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. And we often will declare it on a, a Sunday morning as part of our offering. And, but but it's, what, what it says here is that it's not just some... It says that when we bless, so we're all righteous and we're all upright, and when we bless, an entire city is exalted. Not just, oh, an entire city feels nice. Like, oh, it's, or a person feels nice. A whole city is exalted by the, the blessing of the upright, and that's you and me. That's the words that we use. That's, that's us just intentionally deciding to encourage something, someone, someplace. And there's something just really, really powerful in the words that we use. And, and, it's, and some of it in my own journey has just been learning to agree and align my thinking with God's high opinion of me. So he says, God's, we all know God's powerful, he's massive, he's majestic, he's awesome, we're in awe of him, he like knows everything, can do everything, can heal everything, but we're actually now knitted with him. Completely. We're not like, we're not, I was talking about this at HSSR on Tuesday. We're not like God's bolt on. Um, you know, sometimes you get a phone deal and you get like a bolt on international deal that lasts for a little while and then you can get rid of it. Sometimes we can think we're like that with God. We just sort of like have bolted onto Him and are like, hello, He's there. I'm here. I'm attached. No, that's not actually what happens when we get saved. When we get saved, we get crucified with Christ, so we no longer live. And the life we now live, we live in, in, in him. So we're like weaved together. Like there's not a beginning and an end. You can't see the start of Kezia and the, and, and the end of Kezia and the start of God and the end of God. We're like some big mushy kind of ball of oneness. If you ever used to have bouncy balls, you know how they were always like swilled with different colors and it was just all, it's a bit like that, apart from maybe more profound than a bouncy ball. Um, that's just how my brain works. Um, but we are, we're completely one with him. So actually the words that we speak are really, really powerful. And, um, and so if you have been part of this family for a while, or even if you're new and you're, you're thinking, how do I you know, dad shared the story of like, oh, I prayed for the taxi driver and he felt the presence of the Lord and la la la. And you're a bit like, uh, I'm sorry, that's so out of my frame of reference right now. Like that just either terrifies me or I, ugh, I just don't want to do that. Then that's actually totally okay. What, but what we can do is actually speak words of blessing and encouragement over people. And you can do that a bit as like an undercover agent. You don't need to be good say, Thus saith the Lord, you did a very good talk today, or you taught that really well. Actually, you can just be encouraging and rest in, in who you are in Christ, because that never changes. Your words are always powerful, and they're always releasing and creating something to it. Um, and going back to pass the parcel, oh, no, sorry, next point, I missed something out. Um, so in terms of thinking about this gift, and we now know that it is powerful, that God's intention for our words and our blessing was to actually create something powerful in the lives of those around us, like we see in Proverbs, like we see with Isaac and Esau and Jacob. How do we start to shape culture with it? How do we create a culture where fear, there's just no space for fear? Where we just, there's just so much crazy encouragement that fear's kind of left out and out the door somewhere. Um, but the first thing we really have to do for this is we have to start with ourselves. Um, 
So if we had played past the parcel, and when the music stopped, if no one ever unwrapped the parcel, we just held it, um, would we be getting any of the benefits or the sweets right now? No. No. We would just be holding this parcel, be like, wow, someone's given me a gift. No idea what it is. But uh, great, I'll just stand and hold this for a really long time. It would, it wouldn't, it would be weird. If you, were, if you gave a friend a present and they just stood and held it and didn't bother to open it, you'd be like, you open, open the present, take the wrapping off, and you enjoy it. That's, that's why we give gifts. But so often, we don't do that with encouragement. And we have to learn to receive encouragement for ourselves. And, and that is a key part of doing this. And can I lovingly say that often, we are really rubbish at doing this. Really rubbish at receiving encouragement. We'll maybe love giving encouragement to other people. Like, wow, Kezia, you're preach day was great, la, 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 and we'll love to give it, which is great, because we're all, you're all obviously very generous, but I found in my life, receiving encouragement has felt a lot harder and awkward, and at times, kind of emotional, but we, we, we need to learn to receive it, because imagine if I listen to today's talk, and I'm like, whoa, I get to shape culture with the words that I use, brilliant, I am going to go and bless Joe Bloggs over here, because I see that his destiny is to do with worship leading, and I can totally see that's the call of God in his life. It's really obvious. He's really blessed and skilled in doing that, so I'm going to encourage Mr. Joe Bloggs in that. So you go up to him one Sunday, and you're like, you did a great job being on band today. I really, really appreciated it. It was wonderful, and he was like, oh, oh, what? oh okay, thanks. Bye. You'd be like, oh, okay. I'll try again. And the next Sunday, you go up to him and you say something really encouraging, like that song you bought today was really, really brilliant, Mr. Joe Bloggs. I, I really, it really spoke into my heart. It was God was saying to me. And he just was like, okay, yeah, anyway, how was your week? And you'd be like, oh, okay. And then maybe you try again. But to be fair, after the third time, you'd think, well, I'm not going to bother. Like, they obviously don't need it or want it. And that's because actually we need to learn to receive encouragement. Because if you don't receive encouragement, you're rejecting someone's gift to you. If some, if, say if Joe at Christmas bought me that trampoline and he'd, he'd, he actually did have to also, it was quite a logistical nightmare because trampolines are quite large. So we had to get it stored in someone else's house and then like sneak it into the house to fit it under the Christmas tree. You know, he had to go through like quite a process and he built it so that I could bounce it. Anyway, if he, if that on Christmas day, if I just got on this trampoline and been like, oh, no thanks. I don't think Joe would have felt great. And that wouldn't have encouraged him to give me gifts again. So as a family, this isn't, learning to receive encouragement is not just about, um, is not at all about your ego or, you know, enlarging anything to do with that. It's actually about learning to be a family and learning to receive the strength and gifts that each other has and bringing it into each other. So it's really, really important that we, um, that we learn to receive it because actually if we want this to be a culture and we want this to impact our city and our nation, actually we need to get really, really good at receiving encouragement as well as giving it. And so practically, how do you do that? Um, I am a very practical person. So there's a couple of things I tend to teach people that to just kind of help. And I'll warn you, this is hard. Like, this isn't always easy. I've done this with people in like sessions and workshops and it's made lots of people cry because people are so often used to just pushing encouragement away. No, no thank you. No, 
we, we, we so don't w- often want to hear God's high opinion of us. And, and so it can, it can be difficult to do, but it's completely worth it. Because if you want to go and see Glasgow transformed and do all those things that you're a little bit scared of, you need to receive gifts of courage all the time. Because that's what encouragement is. Encouragement. It's a gift of courage. And we need, I know I need gifts of courage all the time. Otherwise, I'd spend my life a nervous wreck never leaving the house. Like, that would be my sort of more natural inclination. But because God gives me encouragement all the time and people around me, Joe's a brilliant encouragement, encourager. I regularly get gifts of courage to be like, no, I can do this. I can start a business, even though I have no idea how to start a business. No, I can speak on a Sunday morning, even though I feel like I might ramble. You know, all these different things. We need these gifts of encouragement. And one of the things you need to do is when you are receiving, if someone is deciding to give you a gift of encouragement, you've got to look them in the eyes which I know this can be a bit scary, oh. but it's important, and it might feel awkward, but build a bridge and get over it, because it's good for you, like, look them in the eyes, that's, that's one of the one things you've got to do, the next thing you've got to do is um, receive it in your spirit, and um, I went to, a, like, a supernatural school thing down south, and as we would get people to, like, suck it in, um, and be like, like, breathe in, as like a bit of a perfect act to get used to people absorbing it. And I don't necessarily recommend you doing that in, or like, you know, in your workplace, because they might think you have asthma or something. Um, but <laughs> um, but it's important to, to, to acknowledge it and to listen and to say thank you. So often what I'll do is I'll look at people in the eyes and they'll say something encouragement, and I'll, I'll leave a bit of a pause and I'll say, wow, thank you so much. And I'll not hurry away, I'll not change the subject, I'll not go, oh, well, how's your day? And then, this is the next tricky bit, what is really good to say and to get into the habit of saying is, is that saying, wow, thank you so much, is there anything else you would like to add? And just letting, and leaving it to see. And this, that's the bit that often makes people go, oh, oh. But it's powerful, because actually encouragement is the natural, the pr- um, prophecy is the same river as encouragement. As if, you, if you think, oh, I'm not making it prophesying over people, actually just start encouraging people and you'll just find that you've, you've stood, you start standing in this river that is prophecy actually. And often when people encourage you, it, chances are they have a whole bunch of other things they think that's great about you as well. So they'll be like, oh, anything else you want to add? They may be like, oh, Kezia, I really like your necklace. It's really nice. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. And, that, and it's giving people an opportunity to share their gifts with you, to share their strength with you, to input into you. And that's what community and that's what family does. And it's really, really important that we get hold of this. So I would like us to spend one minute or even less than that with the person next to you. And I want you to say one tiny short sentence of encouragement to them. And I want you to make sure that they look you in the eye and that they listen and take it in, and then just say, is there anything else you want to add? So if you go, go do that, just either in pairs or threes, you're literally going to have 30 seconds to do it, so it's just to practice. <laughs> if I can get all your attention back, although it's wonderful that you are encouraging each other so much, this is brilliant. What I, why we want to do this is... So I'll just wait. Brilliant. Um, part of the, how many people found that kind of easy, but also kind of difficult at the same time? Yeah. How many people liked being encouraged? 
Yeah, I like being encouraged. And how many people kind of after that feel strengthened and a little bit empowered, even if it was just a, yep, yeah, encouragement is powerful. My, my life has been changed. I wouldn't be up here speaking or with a microphone. I wouldn't be running a business if I hadn't had people who had regularly and intentionally encouraged me and told me, Kezia, you can do this. You've got what it takes. I see this in you. You've got this. By the way, you're really beautiful. I really like this. I really like your shoes. You know, it's an encouragement. It doesn't have to be like all holier than holy. This is what the Lord says. I see this in your future. It can literally be like, ah, oh, that's a great outfit. I really like that. Or, you know what? You had a new haircut. It really suits you. Like, it doesn't... All of encouragement is powerful. There's no crazy hierarchy of what releases God's kingdom and what doesn't. You're one with God. So when you speak, God speaks and you release something. And so it's really important that we learn and agree with God's high opinion of us, that we learn to intentionally give encouragement to those around us as well as learn to receive it. And if we want to walk into our destinies, if we want to see thousands saved, if we want to become this massive resource-based church, if we want to do all the things that we know we're called to do but are actually a little bit scared to do, then we need to, as a family and as a community, be really, really good at giving each other gifts of encouragement, whether it takes like 30 seconds whether it, you know, or whether it's like a minute or whatever it is. We have to get really, really good at doing that and being intentional about it because, when, because we need each other. We're a body and we're a family and I am where I am today because people have invested into me and people have given me gifts and chosen to do that and I've learnt to receive them and to allow them. Like, like my trampoline, I've allowed words of encouragement to get built into my life and give strength from that. So your words and blessings give strength to someone and to the community that you're in. That gives them the strength to pursue the dreams that God's put on their heart. And so it's really, really powerful. So um, that is everything that I wanted to say today. But I would just love to just release and sort of seal what God, this whole thing, actually. So I'm just going to say a prayer. Is that right? Um, so if you just want to close your eyes or keep them open, whatever, whatever you want to do, really. Um, yeah, Father, I thank you that you are just this crazy, wild, encouraging Father that you always encourage us. You always pour out goodness. You always say kind things, and you are always giving us gifts to strengthen us, Father. And we just, we just receive your encouragement today, Father. And I, I just ask right now that you would drop words of encouragement into people's minds that maybe just need a fresh word from you, Father God, because you're always talking. You're always talking and you're always releasing encouragement, Lord. And we just, we just say that we, we want to be a, a, a community and a culture that, where fear has no place. Where actually, because we just give gifts of encouragement so often. And we, would you just seal that in our hearts, God? We just say no to fear right now, Holy Spirit. And we just ask for your encouraging, glorious, good love to come and just remove all of that. And just displace any fear in Jesus' name. Give us the courage to, to be encouraging and to step out over our comfort zone, Lord. And we just say we love you right now, Holy Spirit. We receive an impartation of the Holy Spirit's encouragement.